we're getting into the Word on the Kingdom of God. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say, is um, maybe some people don't understand the banners in some ways, but there's all different colours and prophetic symbolism. Every single colour has a meaning behind it. And if you actually unfurl some of them, you'll see, you know, um, the kingdom of God breaking out of darkness, for example. You'll see the rivers of um, heaven, rivers of healing uh, depicted as blue. You'll see all the different banners un 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 unfurled. So this one was given to us before we started Restoration Centre as a gift from some people in Victoria. And it is a declaration, obviously, of Jesus, King of King and Lord of Lords. So that came from Victoria to Bundaberg. It's been over to Israel um, with the Aglo people that went over to Israel and came back again. It's a special banner from that point of view, a special decoration. I just want to encourage people when, like, to, because um, this one's got a big rip in it. So just be mindful that the big banners are not for the kids because they're actually too big. They, they, they step on them and then they'll rip because they're really fine. Um, so we'll get this one fixed up. But um, if we can just make sure we take care of the banners, that would be awesome. There's plenty of kids' banners over there for the kids to be a part of that as well. Father, we want to thank you today. We want to thank you that your word is true. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the spirit of truth. And we ask today and in these coming days that the word and the spirit would collide and bring revelation upon revelation upon revelation of who you are, of what you've done, and indeed about your kingdom. That we would know um, that we would not live just merely living a good life here on this earth, but that we would live as your kingdom people in the here and now. Because it is your kingdom come and it is your will be done. It's not our will. It's not our ministries. It's not our purposes. It's not our wants. It's not, what, it's not our needs. It's you. So we ask, Lord, over these weeks that mindsets will be deconstructed, that you would construct them in the way that you want to. Father, any wrong teaching from over the years that, that has come would be pulled down in Jesus' name. And that every thought would be uh, held captive and make obedient to Christ in the name of Jesus. Lord, let our hearts be open to you. More than ever, let our hearts be open to you, God, that we'd be open to hearing and seeing what you want to uh, speak and show to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, the other reason we're doing a bit of a series on the kingdom of God is a good friend of mine, Liz, over there. She said, Tim, just give them two or three points at a time. Don't, 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 don't give us too much at the same time. I went, that's, that's a word of wisdom, Liz. That's good. If you want to know things straight, go and see Liz. She'll tell you how it is with the word of encouragement. In John chapter 3, verse 3, when Jesus was speaking with Nicodemus, teacher of teachers, understood stuff, so much up in here. And Jesus is speaking to him and says, unless you're born again from above, and some translations actually leave out that above, but I think it's really important because it's the kingdom of heaven, amen? It's the kingdom of heaven. So we need to be reminded that we are born again from above. As we're born again from above, unless we're born again from above, we cannot see or perceive the kingdom of God. 
Now, that's not just a one-off thing. That is in, 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 your, in your life, in what you see, in the way that you perceive things. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you're born again from above. And, you know, I think if I could be a little bit bold for a minute, I think that whilst we may be born again, we actually have to understand what born again actually means. Is that okay? We go, yeah, I'm born again. But you know what? There's so much still that, that, that hasn't been washed away by the Word and we need to bring it into alignment with the Word of God. Is there an amen? So, you know, because it's, it's not just seeing. When Jesus spoke to them in parables in Matthew 13, He spoke about a people that saw but did not see and hear but did not hear. Because it's not just seeing with our natural eyes. It's actually a perceiving. It's actually a revelation in the Spirit. It's Spirit. Because we're born again in the Spirit. Amen? That's why Nicodemus was going, but how do I enter into my mother's womb again? Like, how does that even happen? I'm a grown man. No, 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 we're born of spirit. And that is why even though we die, that is we die in the flesh, we live because we do not die. We need not fear death in that point because even though we die, we live. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Amen. I love what Paul said. He said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going to go on living in this earth, I'm going to live for Christ in everything, in every way. But if I die in the process, it is better because I'm going to the fullness of the glory. We have to see. We, we have to get a revelation. You know, is it okay to say that you can quote Bible verses to the cows come home, but it doesn't mean you really know what it means? We can quote a scripture, we can quote a scripture, you can throw a scripture here, you can throw a scripture there, but it doesn't necessarily know, mean that we actually really know what it means. Maybe we've all been there. <laughs> I've been there. And then you get a revelation, you go, whoa, that's what it means. We have to understand the words in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. Isn't that awesome? The enemy will want to come and make you think that it didn't really happen, but you know what? It has. A new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. I really believe Christians in our nation, we live too much in the natural and we miss the spiritual. We see so much in the natural. We judge each other in the natural. We judge what we think we know. We hear people say all kinds of stuff, but it's like, no, 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 but what is, what is happening in the Spirit? There's been a lack of understanding and a lack of teaching about the spiritual realm, about an understanding of the things of the Spirit, and we're obviously seeking to rectify that here. Amen? Because the reality is, in Ephesians 2.6 is, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And that is where we're actually seated. So we're not living from earth trying to touch heaven, but we're actually seated in heaven and we're touching earth. If I could put it this way, we want to heavenize earth whilst we're here as much as we can. We want to populate heaven. 
We want people to know Jesus. We want people to encounter Jesus. We want to see the miraculous healings that the doctors say it's impossible. We want to heavenize earth. We want to take every thought captive and we want to make it obedient to Christ. We've got to understand the kingdom of God. Because the essence of the kingdom is that it's the sphere of God's rule and reign. The essence of the kingdom of God is it's the sphere of God's rule and reign. It's not just landlocked or gridlocked. It is the sphere of God's rule and reign, and it starts in here. That is why the kingdom of God is in you. Where the king is exalted, the kingdom will manifest. That's why I, I, I could keep singing that song. All how King Jesus. All how the Lord of heaven and earth. All how King Jesus. All hail the Savior of the world. I never get tired of singing that song, all those fat phrases, because in my spirit, it's such a truth and a reality that as we hail King Jesus, we will see his kingdom manifest. Jesus, it was spoken of Jesus, often used in December. But let's, let's get it out of December. Let's bring it into August. For unto us a child is born and a son is given. You know, Jesus wasn't really born in December. Sorry if you believe that, but that's not true. Sorry to bust your bubble on that one. Come and talk to me about that another day. A son will be given to us and the government will be upon his shoulders. We're not talking about the government is in the Council of Bundaberg is on the shoulders of Jesus. No, no, no. The government, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the government is upon his shoulders. And he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will, he will reign on the throne of David and over all the kingdom to establish it and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. We thank you that we belong to a kingdom that can never be shaken. Yeah, we can praise Jesus, amen? He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. We see that. In Romans chapter 14, talks about the kingdom. It says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Oh, in the Holy Ghost, in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness. Peace, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. It guards your hearts and your minds. And the joy. Not a joy that is taken away by circumstance, but a joy of your salvation. The joy of the Lord is your strength. We see that. We see in Scripture that Jesus came preaching about the kingdom of God. Amen. It says after he was baptized and he was tempted and he came out, he said, it says in uh, Matthew 4, 17, Jesus began to preach, repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near. For some of you here today, repent might be a Christianese word that you don't fully understand. But it is a deliberate turning from one thing to another. 
It's not just, oh yeah, I believe Jesus is Lord. But it's actually, you know what? I actually don't have an appetite to get drunk anymore. I don't want that anymore. I want this. I don't have an appetite to be in adulterous relationships anymore. I want the freedom that is mine in Christ. There is a deliberate turning and the fruit of repentance is clearly shown. That's why Jesus said, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You can see where someone has really been born again by their life. There are some people amongst us that have only been in the Lord for the last two or three weeks and you can see the joy of the Lord on their face. The fruit of repentance is seen. It's not spoken about with words, but it's, but it's seen by one's life. Amen. That's why I'm concerned about the movement that goes on, that it says this person's saved and this person's saved, but there's no fruit of salvation in their life. Just because you come forward and you pray a sinner's prayer does not necessarily mean that you are actually born again. We actually have to get back to the biblical things. Is this okay? Repent, believe, and be baptized. We're actually leaving of the old, and we're actually walking into the new. Is there an amen to that? We have to get back to this stuff because from my perspective, I don't want to see people given false hope. That they think they're born again, they think they're saved. If, if they died tomorrow, that that was it. I don't want to give people that. I want them to know what Jesus has done for them. And I want them to embrace that and to walk in the life that he has for them. Thank you. Someone's excited by that. We can talk kingdom. I'm getting a little, I must be getting a bit older because in my older age, I'm getting a bit more pointed. And people, and people talk kingdom to me. They go, oh yeah, I'm kingdom person. And I go, okay, so what does that mean for you? What does that look like for you? Um, well, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I believe in the church outside of walls. Um, okay. That's a very pin drop of what the kingdom is. People talk it, but we don't understand it. This is where we need to be. We need to understand it because I actually believe if we understand it, there's going to be some things unlocked in us. Is that okay? And I actually think it'll change the way that we relate with people. I think it'll change every dimension of our walk if we truly understand the kingdom of God. Is there an amen? So we're going to look at the various aspects over the next little bit. Obviously, I only speak twice a month, so, you know, there'll be other people speaking and, and, and things happening. So it, it'll take a little while, but I'll just keep injecting some things about the kingdom. You know, I was thinking about this before we get into the three dot points that I had today. I haven't got to the three dot points yet. Hang on. I'm just setting the foundation of the kingdom. Come on. Just... Okay, okay, I'm only giving you three dot points. But what I want to share with you, you know, is that, is that what in the restoration of all things, God is wanting to pull down the idol that is event Christianity. That where, 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 where people are conference junkies, where people go from one encounter to the other, but in between there's actually no life. There's actually no walk. There's actually no prayer. There's like, like he's wanting to bring these things down because the true uh, like, um, new covenant Christianity is that we are a people. And you can't be a people if we only go to an event. Now, I'm not saying that events are bad. Obviously, in 
six weeks' time we're holding a conference or four weeks' time, whatever it is. They're not bad. But if they are isolated by themselves outside of the context of the whole, then we actually miss that. Is that okay? Because God is building a people. He is restoring the church. Just as the rocks were built um, from the quarry, they came from the quarry, and in, under the old uh, covenant, they built a temple with rocks. We are the living stones being built together to become a dwelling place. It says it in Ephesians 2. I've been meditating on this for the last few weeks. It says, in him, the whole body is being put together and is built into a holy temple in the Lord's. That's us. And when I say us, that's not just us. That is the believers together. My passion is to see the kingdom explode in this region of Bundaberg. That the body of Christ would truly be the body of Christ. That every part would be connected and functioning and in relationship. Because I, in honesty, I don't know in, of hardly any city or town in Australia that if the Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church of Bundaberg, we are not in a place where we could hand that letter around to every fellowship and we would be on the same page. Because we're not going about the Father's business, we're going about our own business. And I love what Phil said a couple of weeks ago. The Son, Jesus, was not concerned about his own ministry. He was only concerned about the Father's business. And the Holy Spirit, when he said the Holy Spirit, he said he will not speak on his own, but, it, but, but he will only speak what he hears, and he will make it known to you. If it's good enough for Jesus, and if it's good enough for the Holy Spirit to be about the Father's business, well, maybe it's good enough for the church of Jesus Christ to be about the Father's business. And I don't have to compete against anybody else because I'm graced in a certain way. And another pastor or another leader or another prophet or another apostle or evangelist, I don't have to compete because there is enough room for all of us in the body of Christ. So when I say we, in Him we are being built together, that is the cry of the heart of God. But there's so much that's in the way that's got to get rid of. And I'm understanding that not everyone will see this not everyone will want this but we do that's why we're here in him we are being built together to be a holy temple in the lord in him you are also being built you together this is a plural you isn't that funny with the english language we read a word and we think it just means me you no 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 it's you together you all of you all of you called upon the name of the Lord and are saved. All of you, you are being built together for a dwelling place of God. Wow. Isn't that a beautiful picture? That's why we don't need to just hang our hat on event Christianity because we're being built together to be a dwelling place for the presence and the glory of God. How beautiful is that? What a beautiful picture that the glory of the Lord never leaves the temple. Whether we're here, whether we're down the street with three or four, the young adults are in the park, we're down at the beach with a baptism, wherever we are, we're being built together as a holy temple. Anyway, three, three dot points. One, the kingdom is in you. 
Let me just clarify that, but I'll get onto this in a couple of weeks' time. It's not just in you, but the kingdom is in you. Where Christ is exalted as king, his kingdom manifests. And so the challenge in this is, bless you, Tracy. Christ needs to be seated in the, in the place of authority in your life. We can say, yes, Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Lord, but is He really? This is a challenge point. Christ needs to be seated in the place of authority in our lives. Then we can clearly say the kingdom of God is in you because Christ is King. He is having His way in you and through you. You know, we... We start to understand this and you go, oh my goodness, but I'm holding unforgiveness against that person. I'm holding offense. I'm holding stuff. There's stuff in me that I'm holding onto. Well, it's time for Christ to be king. Because Jesus said, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus never asks us to do something that he hasn't already done for us. We're not giving out of our own resources. We're not loving. We're not forgiving out of our own resources, but we are doing so out of what He has given to us. Amen? But it is really time, people. It is really time, family, for Christ to be in the place of authority in every area of our life. Because I think if we can be all be a little bit honest for a minute, if you want to picture it like a house, we've given Him the key to certain rooms, but maybe there's a room or two that we still haven't given Him access to. And we need to say, Lord Jesus, heal me in this area. Set me free in this area. Deal with me. Purify me. Cleanse me in this area. Is that okay? Because the kingdom of heaven comes through you. You know, we sing, we say, Holy Spirit, come. But he's already here. Because what Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 64, oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, well, that, that, that's actually happened. And in fact, the veil was torn in the temple and the access has been made way and we're actually living in the Holy of Holies. So I've been, you know, it's like Holy Spirit manifest your presence. Make yourself shown with healings and signs and wonders and love and joy and hope. Make yourself known. That's the kingdom. It says in 2 Peter 1.3 that His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. <clears throat> Maybe that's something you need to declare over your life from time to time. Get out 2 Peter 1.3. Lord, I want to thank you that your divine power has given me everything. Say everything. Everything you need for life, that life and godliness. He's given you everything. He hasn't withheld anything from you. He's given it all to you. Is there an amen to that? And in Ephesians 3, Paul puts it this way. He says, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavens in Christ. You've been given everything you need for life and godliness. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We actually just have to learn to put it to to use. We actually have to learn to, to outwork it. I guess to put it another way, the resources of heaven have been laid out before you. And so often we still rely upon our own resources, don't we? Our own strength. I'm going to conjure up some joy because I'm not feeling it. Oh. Yeah, sometimes we do that, I suppose, don't we? Oh. <laughs> you know, 30 years ago, I used to think people, actually probably not even that long, 25 years ago, I used to think people were crazy when they started laughing like this. I thought they were a bit loopy. Watch out what you pray for because it might just happen to you. Or watch out what you speak against because it may happen to you. I'm going to be a bit real for a minute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever found that? That you've spoken against something and didn't realize it was true? Yeah, anyway. Maybe it was just me. So the kingdom of heaven is in you. And all the resources of heaven have been given to you for life and godliness, to outwork, to live for the glory of the one who did it all for you. Amen? Second point, we are to seek first the kingdom of God. This one is, I mean, you go, yeah, you know, yeah, I've heard that one verse before. Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. This statement is locked in a teaching about not concerning ourselves or being overwhelmed with the things of this world. That's what it's locked into. Do not concern yourselves or be overwhelmed with the things of this world, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Is there an amen? And yet so often we concern ourselves and we stress ourselves and we worry so much, don't we? Okay, only three people. The rest of you are so godly. It's amazing. It's awesome. Jesus said, you know, come to me. All who are burdened, weary, heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Learn of me. Learn of me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. You know, seeking first the kingdom is understanding that nothing is too hard for God. Seeking the kingdom first, nothing is too hard for God. That we would have a faith that, you know what, even today, like the, the heroes of faith of old, there was no food on the table to feed the orphanage, but they broke, but they, but they um, held hands and they said, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the food that you're about to provide. And there's a knock on the door. 
It's the Elijah's in the desert with the ravens being fed. It's the Israelites going through the wilderness that God provided fresh manna daily. Even in disobedience, the heart of God was so for them that he gave everything that they need. How much more? We seek first the kingdom. Mary and Martha. Jesus was never saying that we shouldn't serve. It wasn't about that we shouldn't serve. It was about the fact that Martha was so worried and upset about the many things. You see, she, hadn't, she wasn't seeking first the kingdom. It's the parable of the sower, where one of the seeds falls on ground and it starts to, starts to sprout, but then it says that the weeds surround it and make it unfruitful. The weeds stand for the worries of this world. You see, we can start well in Christ, but then the weeds can choke us, making us unfruitful in the kingdom of God. We need to be good stewards. We need to be faithful. We need to be these things. I'm not saying that. I'm saying about don't let the stress and the worries of this world take a hold of you in such a way where you become unfruitful in the kingdom. And point number three is in the kingdom there is no lack. Oh. This might be one that challenges our thinking a little bit. It is the enemy who will always try to get us to work for something that has already been done. And it's in our society. We work for something. But God is going, no, no, in my kingdom, you're not working for something, you're working from something. You see, we work for love, don't we? If I do something for Kathy, then she'll love me. Isn't that a lot of our relationships? Deep down, strip, strip everything away. We do something and they go, oh, I love you. I thank you so much. There's something in our psyche that has to change because we're not working for love. We're working from love. We're serving from love. We're living from love. It's the enemy who will always get us to try to work for something that's already been done for us. You know, this week I was in the hub. Um, I popped in and there was a guy um, there um, who was looking for a, for a Bible um, to give to someone who was not yet born again. And they wanted to give them a Bible with all the references and all the cross-references and all the bits and pieces. And it was like, it had to be the best Bible. And I said, and I was listening, and I go, look, I understand your heart that you want to give them a Bible that fully is referenced. But I said, this person in the midst of their crisis actually just needs to know the love of God. I said, why don't you just give them the Gospel of John? And when they get born again then you can start to introduce them to the other stuff. It's funny, isn't it? Like, I don't know how many people over time, because often I'll text someone and I'll go, hey, do you want to have a coffee? And, you know, we sit down and we have coffee and the first thing they say to me is, am I in trouble? 
It happens all the time. It's been, it's been happening for years. And I'm like, oh. It's true. And in fact, I had someone who was here in Resto for two or three months and they couldn't get the relationship thing. That they said, I just can't get this. I have to go. You see, we, we want to be a people who are real. The leadership principles where if you're in leadership, you don't become friends with people is not biblical. It is so anti-Christ, it's not funny. Why do Bible colleges teach pastors not to become friends with people? Can anyone please explain that? I don't, obviously I don't share everything with everybody, but that's not, that's different to actually building friendship. This is part of what's wrong with the body of Christ. And we've got to allow the Lord to build the temple to bring us together, amen? Jesus demonstrated. Jesus demonstrated this. I'm nearly finished. Are you holding on okay? I'm nearly finished. In Matthew, so this principle, that in the kingdom there is no lack, but it's the enemy that, that will always try to get you to work for something that you've already got. Jesus demonstrated this. Because he lived from, and you've heard me say this again, and I'm sorry that I say it again, but I keep saying it because I think we still, some of us still haven't got it. Jesus was baptized. He's the Trinity in action. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Son being baptized. The Father speaking over him. This is my beloved Son with whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit came and descended on him like a dove. I needed that revelation years ago. And God gave it to me. It's still always things are being outworked in various measures, probably. But the truth of this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. And you need to picture yourself in Christ right now. And the declaration of the Father over you. This is my beloved son, my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Oh, but I had an argument in the car on the, way to, on the way to church today. This is my beloved son, my daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. You see, we don't love people because they've changed. We love people and then they're changed. It's a mindset in our culture. We've got to work for something. We've got to work for it. No, no, we have to learn to live from it. So when the enemy came to Jesus and said, if you are this, and if you are this, and if you are this, Jesus already was. He already had. He was the Son of God. Everything that the Father had was His. But the enemy comes to us and goes, if, 
if, but, if, but, but this, but this, if that. And we play the games in our thinking. This is where this, much of the spiritual warfare happens. It's in our thinking. That's why Paul wrote many verses on it in 2 Corinthians 10. The weapons of our warfare are mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. They are the strongholds that are in your mind. It's not strongholds out there, it's strongholds in here. And we take every thought captive. Every thought captive and we make obedient to Christ. When you understand that you're not working for something, but you're learning to live from it, you actually read passages differently. In Philippians 2, verse 12, Jesus says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now, if you understand that the salvation is already yours, then you read that and you go, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I'm actually just learning to work out my salvation. I'm not working for salvation. I'm actually just learning to work it out. What is the fullness of what Christ has done for me? Spirit, soul, and body. I'm learning to work out the salvation. You think in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, where Paul's talking to the church about keeping the unity. You know, there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And this is what he says to them. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. You see, the accent is not, come on guys, you need to work harder to get united. No, no, no. You are already united in Christ. Now make every effort to keep it. You see, you're not working towards unity, but we're actually, we have to learn to live from it. And so when the enemy comes in and goes, oh, you know that Julia Roberts, you know what she said about you behind your back, you know. It's like, no, 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 see? Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. And you go, in spite of that, go, Julia, I just really appreciate you. You are awesome. I love you. I see the gifts of God in you that are coming alive. And you know what happens? The goodness of God works in that space, and she goes, gee, I wish I didn't say that thing about Tim behind his back. <laughs> I was only using this as a demonstration. There's actually nothing. There's actually nothing. But isn't it true? Because that is making every effort to keep it, because it's like, oh, Julie. Kathy, do you know what Julie said about, about me behind my back? You see, that is... That is totally not kingdom. Because it says make every effort to keep. So, oh, hang on. I'm not going to Kathy anymore. I'm going to love Julie. Because the king is on the throne. Man, if we just get this little bit, God is going to transform so much. And we can be the Transformers in Bundaberg. Transformers more than meets the eye. <laughs> and last one, John 15. He says, if you remain in me, I will remain in you. And he goes on to say, remain, remain, remain. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. You see, the battle is not to get into that place. The battle is just to remain. Oh, Lord, just help me to remain. 
because I'm feeling a bit stressed here. I'm feeling a bit anxious. I'm feeling a bit, no, just help me to remain. You see, you start to see Scripture. You start to read verses differently because you're not working towards something. You're working from something. The enemy will, will try to make us think that we have to earn it. We have to work for it. We're not fighting for victory. We need to learn to live from victory because Jesus has the victory. Amen? And the last thing I want to share is the enemy will also try to make us think that we can't do it. You can't do that. No good even trying. You can't do that. And we get into a place of lack again because we're looking at ourselves and our own resources rather than looking to Jesus. The feeding of the 5,000. <laughs> you give them something to eat. I got nothing. Bit of fish, bit of bread. And Jesus demonstrated the kingdom. He broke bread. He broke it. And he thanked the Lord. He thanked his Father. And it just kept going and going and going and going and going. So not only was there 5,000 men plus women and children fed, but there was basketfuls left over. There is no lack in the kingdom. But if we look at our own resources, absolutely. I want to just close with this thought. Have you got something out of today? Hope so. I hope I'm not just talking for the sake of talking. The Tower of Babel. Music team, you can probably come up. We're the Tower of Babel. Have you ever... Hands up who's read that encounter. The, the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Most of us have read it. Did you, have you ever noticed this, this phrase? This is the Lord speaking. It says, the Lord said, if they have begun to do this as one people, all having the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. This is God speaking over a people who were so united, so working together, that God said, God said, the God to whom nothing is impossible said, there is nothing that is impossible for these people. Have you ever pondered that? Wow. But the problem was the motive was wrong because they said, let us make a name for ourselves. So God confused their language. So all of a sudden they couldn't cooperate. Do we understand that when the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, that that was reversed? One language into many became many languages into one. And I think we have to grasp this. Because if God said of them that nothing is impossible for them, then God is also saying today, if you come together as my people, then nothing is impossible for you. No government, 
No principality, no power, no edict. Nothing will stand in your way because nothing is impossible for you. That's the kingdom. The king is on the throne. And he's looking for a people that'll believe him and say, Lord, we want to be about your business together. God, we ask that you would continue to bring revelation of your kingdom over these weeks. Not just here in our gatherings on a Sunday, but as we open your word in our homes during the week, as we go to Bible studies, home groups, whatever, God, that you would give us revelation about your kingdom. Because the prophetic word was that you will transform Bundaberg. Lord, that we would believe that. So, Lord, anything that's in the way would be removed. Anything in our thinking would be pulled out. That we would clearly see the kingdom. And the people said, So this morning we come and we bow before the King. And if you haven't given your life to Him, or maybe you've got some things that you need to lay down before Him, you can do that right now.